I want you all to get your Bible and turn here with me. I want you to get the Bible out, turn to Psalms chapter 121. You can tell if you are a person who goes to church here all the time, you can tell by looking around that a lot of folks are on vacation. That's awesome. I like vacation. How many of y'all like vacation? I never begrudge anybody for going on vacation. I wish I went on vacation more than I do. And when I'm on vacation, I'm glad that, uh, that we're left in good hands when I'm on vacation, but I'm glad that you don't complain because I like to go on vacation, and I need to go on vacation, and you need to go on vacation. And so when you do, we're glad you do. There's a lot of you that are on vacation right now that are not hearing me because you're on vacation. Have a good time. We'll see you when you get back. And for the rest of you that are sitting here right now wishing you were on vacation, your time's coming. Maybe you just got back, but maybe there's a, maybe not. Maybe you're look, still looking forward to that. I was reading about a little boy who had been on vacation with his family, and it rained the whole time they were on vacation. And so he wrote God a letter when they got back. And his letter read like this. It said, it rained for our whole vacation, and is my dad mad? He said some things about you that people are not supposed to say. But I hope you'll not hurt him anyway. Signed your friend in parentheses, but I'm not going to tell you who I am. Just want to make sure that God's not going to strike his daddy dead for the things he said about the rain on vacation. (laughs) And we've all been there, hadn't we? It's that time of year again, folks. Time for trips and camps and fireworks and and all the stress that comes with it, somebody say amen. You go on vacation because you're, you look forward to this, right? You're so excited because you're going to go on vacation. You're going to relax and you're going to rest. And then by the end of the vacation, you can't wait to get home because you're like, I'm so wore out. I got to get back to work so I can rest. I got to get back home so I can sleep. Winston Churchill's immortal words. We shall fight on the beaches We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. And we shall fight in the hills. That's what he declared when Great Britain entered World War II. But I was reading that this week and I thought, that sounds exactly like some of our family vacations. We'll fight everywhere we go. We're going to find a way to make this difficult for each other. I just want you to be to take comfort in a couple of things while you're on vacation this year. Know this, that we will still be having church every week this summer while you're on vacation or not. Which means that when you get back, you'll have a place to come and repent and to get your heart right with the Lord after your vacation is over. And it also means that since we'll be here, All through summer while you're on vacation. Keep paying your tithes even while you're on vacation. Somebody say amen. Because these lights are still going to be on. And this air conditioning is still going to be on. And this church is still going to be going forward. So if you're trying to think of what you should do. Since you don't get to come to church. And make sure you do that at least. But I'm thankful to know that God and his kingdom. Will not be going on vacation this summer. I remember one of our uh, family vacations when our kids were little. We, we were blessed. 
We went on a, on a lot of vacations. We took the kids to Disneyland a couple, uh, at least once. We took them to Disney World a time or two. Uh, but on one of these particular trips, we met with our good friends, Andy and Sharon Jacobs. Andy's preached here before. He pastors a church in Royce City, Texas, down close to Rockwall. It was ironic. He and I went to Bible college together, and uh, he and I and his wife and Deb, we become closest of friends. In fact, still today, they would, we list them as some of our best friends we have in this world. And when we go to visit them now, when we drive up, we get out of the car. They're the kind of friends we have that you, just, you, don't, you, you hug, you don't even have to catch up. You just walk straight into the house, kick off your shoes, go to the refrigerator, get something to drink. The, these are the kind of friends I'm talking about, okay? You don't have a lot of those kinds of friends, do you? You don't even have to knock on the door when you get there. You know, I mean, it, it's that kind of a deal. Or when they get to our house, it's like just free reign, do what you want. And the conversations are not awkward like, well, you know, how's the weather been down in Texas? We don't do all that. He walk in and hug each other and then you push him and tell him to get off of you. And, and, then, and then, you know, it's just that kind of a deal. Great friends. So we've been friends like this ever since we started a Bible college together, which was at the time, Deb and I had just gotten married, and he and his wife had just gotten married, so we didn't have any children. So we lived right next door to each other in the married dorms uh, at Southwestern. And when I say we lived right next door to each other, it was like this pulpit was the size of our apartment, and this pulpit was the size of their apartment. So when I say we lived right next door to each other, I mean, it was kind of like this. I mean, we, those apartments were very small. I used to laugh and say, you could sit in the living room, watching TV, going to the bathroom, and washing the dishes all at the same time. That's how little that apartment was. So we were great friends, and we decided we would start doing vacations together, and so we did several. So after we graduated from Bible college, and he went his way and I went mine, we continued to be friends, and they, uh, they ended up have, getting a timeshare. And so they said, hey, we want to go out to uh, San Diego. We'll go to San Diego. We'll end up going to Disneyland. We'll go to Hollywood, uh, and we'll stay at the Lawrence Welk resort in Escondido. Anybody ever been to Lawrence Welk in Escondido? You know where that's at? Well, it's desert basically, but the resort itself is okay. But I mean, we drove to Escondido because that's where the timeshare was, but probably would have been a whole lot nicer had it been somewhere along that nice route between there and, and uh, LA. But anyway, the first thing that happened when we got there, Bradley would have been about four or five and as soon as we got there, I don't think we'd even unpacked. I mean, we just got out of the car, and we're stretching, and we're looking around, we're surveying the situation, and somebody says, where's Bradley? And he's gone, and somebody hollers, he's over here. And, I mean, it's just, it happens just that quick. You know how it is, it's just that quick. Uh, he had found a man-made duck pond with sides on it like this stage and had jumped in it. First thing, jumps in the duck pond and he can't get out. So the kids are screaming, he's down in the duck pond and he can't get out. And so the first thing we had to do on vacation was rescue Bradley. Because children, and you say, some of you don't know Bradley. You're like, well, yeah, and you've, we've, we've, we've all rescued him a whole lot of times since then. The point being that children ignore danger. This is supposed to be fun. We're on vacation. Jump in the duck pond. We have that. And, and even as adults, we sometimes don't ever get too far away from that train of thought. I'm an adult, but I'm having fun. So 300 days a year, I have to use my brain 
this is my week to be stupid. I like stupid things. Zip lines. Four wheelers. Some of y'all jump out of airplanes. That's a smart one. Something that you wouldn't normally do, but it's vacation. Why not, huh? Because somebody will bail us out of the duck pond. And that somebody is our Lord. He's always with us. And that's what I want you to take from this message today. That's what I want you to leave here with. Is that even though we need guardians, and not just on vacation, but we need them at all times, I thank goodness that God will not be taking leave of his responsibilities this summer. And I just, and on that, in that, in that vein, I want to say this as well. This winter, when everybody else is getting the flu, God will not. Next spring, when everybody's getting their allergy shots, God will not. Every season that comes along, with ever good or whatever bad accompanies that season, the bad will not affect our Father. He's not going to need his personal days this year. He's not going to need his sick days. He's not going to have any problems or any issues that are going to require him to take any time off from being able to keep a close watch on your life. That brings me a lot of security. That brings me a lot of comfort. And so I was looking at this passage, uh, Psalm 121, verse 2. It says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let you fall. Your guardian will not fall asleep. Indeed, the guardian of Israel never rests or sleeps. The Lord is your guardian. The Lord is your shade over your right hand. The sun will not beat down on you during the day, nor will the moon at night. That's a strange one there. I've never got moon berm. Moon berm. Burn. 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 Has anybody ever gotten moon burn? I guess if anybody could, it'd be me because... Where I had all the time in the sun, but it, I'd be outside. I, I don't know. What, does anybody know what the moon beating down on you at night would do to an individual? I don't think any of us have ever been able to figure that out. I guess it's because God is guarding you from the moon beating down on you at night. Usually I try to exegete scripture. I don't know what to tell you about that one. I do know the seven is true. The Lord guards you from every evil. He guards your life. He guards you as you come and go now and forever. What? This is saying he never sleeps. He never rests. Why? Because he's God. He doesn't need to. He doesn't have to. Listen to what this passage said that, that he is doing for us at all times. Even in the summer months when everybody's on vacation the scripture says that these things remain true about our father. You ready to write them down? Number one, it says that God will help you. Oh, it's basic. It's simple. God will help you. God will, number two, not let you fall. 
Number three, God will guard you. And four, God will protect you. And it even lists what? I call there's four E's right here. He will list you from the elements, from evil, from every entrance and every exit. So everywhere you go and everywhere you leave. You know, I'm looking at these things right here. He'll help you. He won't let you fall. He'll guard you and he'll protect you. And I am remembering a vacation of mine where that God did all of these things for me. My children would remember this and my wife will certainly remember this. It was the time that we rented the car down in Florida with the tires and I didn't check the tires first because I rented a car and thought it was a new car and you don't usually go around check the tires on a rental car. But the tires were bald and on the last day of the trip, on our way to the last place we were going, the tire went flat. 110 degrees. I'm dressed to fly home because we're going to go to this place and later on we're flying. So I'm dressed and we've got this flat on the side of the road. And I call the people and I say, hey, your rental car's got a flat on it. Need you to send somebody to come in. And they're like, well, you got to fix that. I said, I don't think so. They said, yeah, you got to fix that. So I got the jack out, the spare out. This is not one of my prouder moments. I haven't told you all this story. It's been like 15 years. As I didn't want you to know, 15 years ago, I'm a better Christian now than I was back then. I was your pastor back then, but I'm more saved now than I was then. And I got filthy, nasty. I mean, it's 100 degrees. I'm sitting out there with his nasty tire, changed his tire, sitting in the road. I'm upset because now we lost the time that we needed to to drive where we were going. So we didn't get to go where we were supposed to go because I had to get the rental car back. And I had to do all stuff had to be done to make the flight. And so when I got to the rental car place, it was ugly. I know it ain't right. But I resorted to name calling. And I know this ain't right and God's forgiven me since. But if that guy would have blinked, flinched, whatever he would have done. Guys, it's Father's Day, let's be honest. I was fixing to smoke that dude. I was so mad. And Bradley loved it. He was about this tall. He runs right over, got right beside me. He's just leaning up. I mean, I'm setting a great example for my son. He's like, hit him, hit him. No. I call, I mean, the guy, you know, they're not, they're not in any way apologizing. They're not trying to take care of it. They're not trying to fix it. They just be, so I call, I'm, I call this guy a name and he said, well, that's your, it wasn't a cuss word, but it was a bad name. I mean, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't the kind of name you're going to go to hell over KD. I mean, it wasn't a cuss word, but it was the kind of name that back, back in the day, it was easy. I mean, it was well known. We were going to fight, you know, it was that kind of name. And so I said, you're a something. And he looked at me and he said, well, sir, that's your opinion. I said, it's my opinion, you threw R.A. Whew. God will help you. God will not let you fall. I was real close to falling. 
I'm pretty sure I wrecked my witness with that fella and the ones around. Fortunately, none of them knew who I was or where I was from or anything about me, so I didn't feel quite as convicted. I only felt bad because my children had seen this display. It's something Deb had seen before because she knew me before we got married and before I was saved. So she'd seen all this before. But not to chill. Well, well. There was that other occasion right over here at coming out of Fiesta Square when the carload tried to run me off the road and I ran him in the ditch and then I'd roll the window down and waited and like, what y'all gonna, that kind of thing. And, and then I told Bradley, when we get home, that's not something we need to tell mama. She's just gonna worry about things like that. You never do nothing like that, Pam. Shannon. Huh? Shannon told me stories about you, big sister, just beating of life out of that poor young. God will help you. God will not let you fall. God will guard you. That guy might have killed me. God will protect you from elements, evil, every entrance and every exit. And the scripture says that he will be doing this both now and forever. Because he knows we're going to need it. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Now, here's what we want this to mean. As we read this, we say to ourselves, I want this to mean that the scripture is saying that God is going to keep me from any danger. That's what I'm reading. I'm looking at these points and I, I say, I want this to mean that this is a promise that he's saying he's going to keep me from any danger and he's going to make everything great at all times. But I don't believe that's what this is saying. I think a better interpretation of the scripture would be this. He's promising to keep us through every danger. Walking with God will not exempt you from the harsh things of this life. Life just happens. It's not going to exempt you from those situations. But, the, but, but I also have the promise from the word that says that I can do or, or, or I can get through all things with Christ who strengthens me. That's his promise. I know y'all keeping up with news and my heart, I mean, my heart is breaking for the young family who lost their little two-year-old this, this past Tuesday night down uh, on vacation to an alligator. And the father frantically fighting an alligator to save that baby's life and unable to do so. My heart was, I, I know, I know yours is the same. My heart was broken. Can you imagine that you go on vacation you take your family to, on vacation and an alligator. I mean, how do you even, what do you even say 10 years from now? Yes, we had a son. I mean, how do you, it's not like he was killing a car. Like he was taken by an alligator and the dad's fighting the alligator and, and can't save the, can you imagine what is going on in the minds and the hearts of that family? today i know you've been praying for him but i'm going to tell you keep on 
it is, you know, that, that just breaks my heart. And what do you say to a family like that who've experienced tragedy and they say, where was God? I mean, because God could have, God could have stopped that alligator. Well, I'm just going to tell you. There's a lot of laws of nature. There are things that God has set in motion and he was not intention. It's not the intentionality of, of those laws are not to harm people. But in order for the planet to function the way that it does, natural things happen. You say, well, that's not natural for him to eat a baby. Well, the alligator probably didn't even know he was eating a baby. He didn't eat the baby, in fact. If, he, if it had been what he thought he was going after, they probably wouldn't have found the body. So we look at that and we say, well, this is terrible because why didn't God do something? Well, here's what God did and is doing. He took that little baby straight to heaven. And he's with those parents. And he's with those family members, just like he's been with you through every tragedy and every death in your family and every trial and every hardship that you've been through. Because none of us have been exempted, have we? None of us have been exempted. Everybody in here knows somebody. We know somebody that lost a house in a tornado or, or somebody that something happened to them in an earthquake or, or because they lived in California at the time. Or, or We know people that have been through tragedies and, and most of the time we are those people who have been through those situations. And we questioned ourselves when we were in those moments. Where was God? Why did God... God let this happen. And God was saying, time out a minute. I know you're angry and you're trying to pin it on somebody, but I'm the one who got you through it. I'm the one who never left you. I'm the one that when you were praying to, I was listening and I was answering and I was wrapping my arms around you and I was encouraging you and I was speaking peace to you in your troubled storm. And though you may not understand everything that's happening in your life, I'm the one that's getting you through and I'm the one that's going to keep you all the way through eternity. I'm the good guy here. We don't even know how many times that God has literally intervened on our behalf. We're always quick to point out the times that it seems like he missed it. But how often do we get on our knees and thank God for the accidents that were about to happen, but God stopped the car just in time? Sometimes, sometimes not. I don't know. All I know is that there have been multiple occasions where God has sent angels to watch over you. You shouldn't even still be here. Katie talked about that two weeks ago on Wednesday night in the class. How many times has God stepped in and saved us when the devil had designed evil to destroy us? I'm thankful today that God will never, he's not ever going to be surprised. He's not going to be confused. He's not ever going to get lost. He's not going to be broke. He's not going to get discouraged. He's not ever going to be suicidal. He's never going to burn out from being God. Now, we may do all of those things, but God never will. And when we face those times, his promise here 
is to be a true source of hope and encouragement. That's why it's here. It doesn't make any difference whether it's fall or winter or spring or summer like it is right now. Here's the promise that we have from the Lord. He will always be approachable. He will always be available. He will always be awake. He's not angry. You know how sometimes you, you can tell when you call a friend if you call them too late? Or if you call them at an inconvenient time, you can tell they take the call, but they're kind of put out. Have you ever had that happen to you? It's like, is this a good time? Well, not really. I mean, we're trying to get the kids baths and get them to bed. I mean, it's not really. Can I call you back? And, and maybe this person is calling because something terrible has just happened. You're their first friend they're reaching out to. But, but if you're that person who made that call. Have you ever been, have you ever felt what I'm talking about? You made that call and you felt coming from the other end that the individual was like, yeah, I'm listening, but come on. And it causes you to think, why did I even reach out to this person? Well, God's not ever put out when you call him at 3 a.m. At 2.30. At dinner time. God's never put out, he's never upset because you, his friend, have called upon him. He wants to spend time with us in the good times and in the bad times. And he doesn't wait for three weeks to respond to your request. Have you ever heard that one? The, the, guy, that, the guy that went on vacation and he just, he just listed this, he just put out, he said, for anybody that's interested... I will be unable to delete all the unread, worthless emails you send me until I return from vacation. Please be patient, and your mail will be deleted in the order it was received. <laughs> and that's how we feel sometimes, talking to other people, but not God. God is never going to respond to us the way we do to him sometimes. You ever thought about that? How we'd say, man, I can't believe so-and-so treated me like that. What if you were God the way you treat God? How much would your feelings be hurt? I can't believe you, God, you did this. I can't believe you let it rain. Let it rain? It rained on our picnic. Yeah, and because of that, we'll have food this winter. We're going to experience a lot of trials and tragedies and troubles. But when they come, remember this, they're not the result of God trying to punish you. And they're not the result of God's lack of attention toward you. I'm going to tell you something straight up. This planet is just a tough place to live. You got to be tough to live here. This ain't heaven, folks. This is not the new heaven and the new earth. This is the old corrupted earth that is under the curse of sin. This is a dangerous place to live. Every day you get up breathing, you're doing something. Every night when you go to bed and you're still, you still have all your limbs and you're intact and you can think, that's been a really good day because this is a rough place to survive. That's what makes heaven look so grand. None of these things that torment 
try and test us will be there. I realize that due to the nature of what I do for a living, that what I'm about to say is different for me than it is for you. But I probably either perform or attend together sometimes maybe 20 or more funerals a year. That's not normal. I mean, most people don't go to 20, 25 funerals a year. They go to a funeral every once in a while. I hate funerals. Oh, my lands. And I have no assurance that that's going to let up for me, Jerry. It looks like the older I get, the more of them I'm going to. Until they have mine. And then somebody's going to come to that out of respect and be like, oh man, another funeral. We hate funerals. They don't have funerals in heaven. They don't have nursing homes in heaven. They don't have hospitals in heaven. They don't even have first aid kits in heaven. Because they don't need them. Our God is able to keep us through this life in the good, the bad, the times we're making good decisions and bad decisions. He has the ability, whether we're on vacation or in work mode, doesn't make a bit of difference. Our God has the ability to guard us and keep us all the way through this life and all the way through eternity. And he promises he's going to do just that. I'll end with this story. Alan Gardner was a missionary. He was a missionary on the Picton Islands. His was a difficult life. A lot of physical difficulties, a lot of hardships. He made this statement, quote, While God gives me strength, failure will not daunt me. In 1851, at the age of 57, he died on that island. And the reason he died is because of disease and starvation as a missionary. When they found his body later, they found a diary laying close to his body that he had been scribbling in. And in that diary, he had been accounting for all of the hardship, the loneliness, the wounds that had been inflicted, the starvation, the thirst, all of the things he had endured up until the point of his death. But the last inscription, the last entry in that diary was very difficult to read because of the condition of his body, it was almost ineligible. His hand was shaking so badly just before he died. But this is what he wrote in his diary just before he died. Quote, I am overwhelmed with the sense of the goodness of God. What? God is good all the time, no matter the situation or the circumstance, no matter what's going on in your life. He will not sleep. He will not slumber. He will not abandon you. He will not ignore you. 
He will not go on vacation. But the word says that he will help you. He will guard you. He will protect you both now and forevermore. That's his promise. That's the promise from the text today. That's what God said. So here's what I would say to you in conclusion. Go on vacation. Live your life. Love your family. Enjoy this. I love this planet with all of its defects and all of its problems. I still lay out in the hammock at night. Swatting mosquitoes and praying I don't get to Zika. Because I, I can't afford to get the Zika virus. In case I have children down the road. But I'm still out in that hammock, swinging, looking up at the sky, and loving this. There's things about this life that I absolutely love. I just do. It's okay. Because God says, even as dangerous as this place is, he'll be with us. So enjoy it. Live your lives and love your families. And God promises that he's going to be with you through it all. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your word, for your promise to us today. There are people in this room right now who are struggling, who are suffering, who have endured some very difficult things just recently. Some of us at all times in a congregation of our size are experiencing grief or tragedy i pray for nolan today his mama just passed away he just went to his mama's funeral yesterday doesn't matter how old we are lord it still hurts when we lose our parents it doesn't make any difference if we're young or old it's it still hurts god in this room there are people who are struggling with with various things that have been painful trying circumstances that we can't understand. We prayed about it. We try to keep our mind right. We know it's not right to be angry at you. But we're like little children, you know. I think we look at you the way that our children look at us whenever we're teaching them to ride a bike and we turn loose the first time and they fall over and skin their knee and they get up and they look at us like, why did you let that happen? We had to turn them loose so they'd never be able to ride on their own. Lord, I pray that you'd help us today. I know we'll never understand on this side. I know we'll never understand. But teach us to hope and to trust and believe. To know that you're a good father. You're a good father. You're good to us. You'll go with us. You'll always be with us even until the minute that we take that last breath, which, by the way, is not a big deal, because when we take that last one here, we take the next one there. And even the promise of never dying encourages us so much. I've seen people, Lord, as they left this place and went to there. I've watched them go. People that knew you, that you were so much in their heart, I've watched them go in peace. I watch them go with joy. Lord, I know that you are good. 
And I think someone here today needs to be reminded. Somebody here today needs to be encouraged. We are needy, aren't we, Lord? I'm thankful you're not. Because we are. But I pray today that you just wrap your arms around us. and Heal us and restore us and encourage us. Speak peace to our storms. Give us grace and mercy to get through these times. Thank you for it in your name. You need prayer today. This message spoken to you. You you just need prayer. Come on. We want to pray for you. If you need healing or if you need direction or you just need a bondage broken off of your life. You're just really under the weight of some chains and you're so tired of it. You want that to be broken. We want to pray for you. Prayer team, if you wouldn't mind, would you just scatter around the sanctuary? And any of you that want to come and kneel and pray, you're welcome to. Or if you'd like to go to one of them and have them pray with you, you're welcome to. Or or if you just feel led to pray for one another, you know what this is about. This is that time now. We're gonna, This is that moment. This is that sanctuary of prayer. Pastor Wilhite, man, he taught us last week about the power of prayer. Purity, prayer, what? You got it, didn't you? Purity, prayer, power, and perfected praise. In that order. Purity. Got to get that right. If you need prayer, Neil leads us in this song. I want you to avail yourself to one of these persons who will pray with you. If you want to just pray by yourself, that's fine. We understand that too. But we'd like to, if you'd like for us to, uh, we believe the, uh, in the laying on of hands, like the praying for. So if you need that kind of prayer, if you want us to, to uh, that connection to be made, then we want to do that for you today. As Neil leads us in this song, let's let's turn this place into that, that prayer time. And I want everybody to respond, either in your seats or standing, sitting, kneeling, however you feel led. But let's all spend some time in prayer and let the Lord get this word down in our spirit. God is not on vacation. Amen. Let's pray. And I've heard a thousand stories of what they Think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I am never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. And I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know that they're all searching for answers. Only you provide because you know just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. 
It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Lord, you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all As Neil leads us in that again, just lift your hands all over this building and tell him you're a good father. You're perfect. You're perfect in all your ways, God. We trust you. We trust you. We bless you. We praise you. You are perfect in all of your ways. Lord, you are perfect in all of your ways. To us. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am. It's who I am. Amen. He is a good father. He is a good father. Amen. Remember on this Father's Day to tell your father how much you love him. How good he is. Can we do it? Throughout the day, just tell your father how good he is and how much you love him and how much you appreciate him. I found myself in prayer the other day saying something I'd never said before. It was so weird. And I and I and I felt I felt strange for it, but you know, because who am I, right? Who am I to, to praise the Lord? But in that prayer time I was just saying, God, you know you're so good. And it just came out of my mouth and I was like, Oh my lands. I mean, I wonder what that means if that means anything. But I said, God, I'm proud of you. I said, I'm just so proud of you. Right? And then I thought Wow, wonder if it's like you proud of me? You know, that's what I picture. I got like, but I know it wasn't him. It was my, it was me. It's like you, you proud of me? I mean, you're nothing, you know. But instead, it was that 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 sense of of a father who's like, yeah, come on, come on. So God, I'm just proud of you. I'm proud of you, Jesus, Holy Spirit. I'm just so proud of you. I'm proud of the work you do. You know, we we just that's personal when you get to that place. I think. And it's not just, oh, holy, omnipotent, mighty. But instead it is, God, I'm just so proud of you, man. I love you. I'm thankful for you. You're just so awesome. I'm just proud of you. Tell him today how proud of him that you are. Can you do that throughout the day? Trust me, I think he, I think he liked it. He didn't strike me or nothing with lightning. Instead, I felt the closeness and the sense, the sense of his nearness. And just tell him how much you love him today and how proud of him you are. God bless you, Brian.